Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Podcast. This is Alec, your co-host, and I am recording this from New Delhi, India, on the 10th of January, 2017. Happy New Year, my friends. It has uh, almost been one full year since Yoga Revealed Podcast has been released, and Andrew Seely and I are just so ecstatic to be connecting with you guys, not only through the blessing that is the uh, internet, but also through contact that we have heard from so many of you over the last 11 months, soon to be 12. We have about 170,000 downloads and subscribers. Oh my God, it's unreal. Um, We are extending an apology to some extent for not having any new episodes over the last few weeks. We know we have been working very hard to gather only the best yoga teachers to to bring to you those who are traveling the world and making a difference on a global scale as well as making very large ripple effects in maybe have the opportunity to shine on the Yoga Revealed podcast, send us a message. We respond. We check them out. Um, So today, I'm not interviewing anyone. Andrew had thought that it might be a cool idea for me to share what I've been doing the last nine weeks. And uh, I thought that would be cool. So I'm going to do that. Um, Back in June 2016, Uh, I was at Hanuman Festival with Andrew, and we interviewed amazing teachers from 
Janet Stone to Annie Carpenter, Nikki Doan, Eddie Modestini. Oh my, uh, so many teachers. It was amazing. And one of the teachers that I interviewed, Eddie Modestini. So, you know, as you know, podcast is all audio and this is all very organic. Whatever's coming out of my mouth right now is super organic. So please do forgive any hiccups and word bloopers. That'll probably happen. Um, I'm interviewing Eddie and you can't really see the, you can't see the, there's no video footage for this. Uh, Maybe soon enough, but uh, in that interview, I had tears in my eyes the entire time. You can go back and listen to it. And if you really, if you know who I am, you can hear a knot in my throat (laughs) because I was in awe uh, of the level of devotion and love for life that Eddie is living at 63 with decades of yoga in his body. And that's something that I aspire towards, to be a um, 63-year-old 63, 63 yogi, happy as can be, loving life, taking the punches of life as they come, and moving forward. And before I get too far into um, dissecting where I am and what that uh, interview produced, I'm going to be on Maui, Hawaii, for the month of July, studying with Eddie Modestini. And I highly suggest that you just look into um, attending this immersion. If you want to further your studies as a student, if you want to become a more present and tedious and attentive teacher, go to eddiemodestini.com. And if you sign up for his intensive before April 15th, $3,000. For anyone that's taken trainings, you know that that is a pretty great price for an advanced teacher in America. So, done with that. Um, so, I went to Maui. I, I went to Maui to study with Eddie, and uh, I sought him out. You know, you meet someone, and someone res- something resonates with them as a teacher. You, you see something in them that maybe you want for yourself, and that's something that I wanted. I wanted to taste uh, yoga that he was living for my own life. And so I sought him out. I went to Maui and it was a very uh, emotional three weeks. If you've ever been to Maui, it was my first time on Maui. Maui is just filled with mana. It has so much prana. And Mother Maui will just take you and she could lash you around, but she will hold you and she is fierce and tender all at the same time. Oh my God. Um, So that was a big shift, you know, I'm someone who's been, I'm a baby in this practice, you know, as some of our listeners I'm sure are, and some of our listeners have been practicing for longer than I've been on this planet of 25 years, you know. Um, So this practice is different, whatever Eddie's teaching, it's very different. Uh, I'm coming from vinyasa yoga of three years and then three and a half years of a very uh, firm Ashtanga vinyasa practice with Richard Freeman and Mary Taylor at the yoga workshop and Ty Landrum in Boulder, Colorado. I love them so much and I have unending gratitude for all the love that they have shared and taught me. And when I went to Maui, one of the, the second, third day, Eddie looks at me and in the group of six people, he goes, this guy, Alec, he's addicted to Ujjayi Pranayama. And in that moment, I made a pact with myself. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stop breathing Ujjayi breath. He said, when we breathe Ujjayi breath so addictively, so consciously, unconsciously almost, 
we miss something. And I was like, well, okay, well, what am I missing? I thought that the whole point for me was to breathe ujjayi breath. And I think that, you know, ashtanga yoga and vinyasa yoga are great practices for someone who's never gone into yoga. It's a very perfect way to start yoga. And uh, I did that. It was good for me. I was one of those guys in Warrior Two first class. I was the fire that you needed to put out in the class. Believe it or not, <laughs> I, I, yeah, that that was a good old time ago. And and Ujjayi breath for me, that was just really hard to wrap my mind around to relinquish Ujjayi breathing. I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? And it's just for me, it eventually it evolved to watching. The breath unfold with the attention to the alignment of the pose and the integration of the pose as well as going slow. So this practice, it would, we would be sitting in, in certain asanas, certain postures, holding for, depends on the pose, 5 to 25 minutes. And after one practice, we were in this uh, variation of Shavasana. So if you can imagine, we have a blanket rolled up into like a cigarette roll and placed under the lower parts of the shoulder blades for a gentle back bend. One blanket right under the base of the neck where C7 is, so there's gentle resting of the head. There's an eye bandage over your eyes, so pressing of the eyeballs, which stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system. Palms facing up at the sides. And then a strap wrapped around the two big toes where the feet are hip-width distance to promote internal rotation of the legs. And all of this promotes the parasympathetic nervous system. And we laid there for 35 minutes in total stillness. And Eddie guided us. It was profound. And it was a big shift for me. And after he slowly pulled us out of the pose, he said, Okay, go right. And I was like, go right? You want me to go right? And uh, I've always been intimidated by writing because I have some friends that are just like total wordsmiths and I aspire to be like them at some point to uh, be able to express the deep emotions and beauty that I feel on my insides into paper, into words. And so I did. I tried to write. And I'm going to read to you what I wrote, a little poem. Titled it, Absorption, Samadhi. All sound falls into the earth. He lays heavy, allowing each limb to relax into its release. Let it in. The eyeballs settle. A humming begins to reveal itself, a cosmic vibration drumming through his field. The residue of a visceral thump is left to his awareness. The cadence of the breath is unseen and unchanged. The thump. This is the guide. The thump. Pulses into his skull, coming from the soul, undulating the inner vision that shares a tale which yearns to hold. You. Me. A rush of blood flows to the tips of each finger and toe, vibrating each cell of the body with a steady rhythm. A silk veil falls over the body, encasing him in a pranic layer of healing. His third eye becomes bloodshot with fire. Earthwalker, Skywalker, great listener, great talker, great silence of breath collaborating with air. 
a symphony of celestial music climaxing to a great swelling of joy, ecstasy, and peace. A manifestation of sound and silence. Child of heaven and earth, time and eternity. The man had made his stardust appearance of nothing and everything amongst the divine stage of creation. The density becomes subtle. The totality of stillness. There is a deep, vast universe within you. You. Go there and explore. What the are you waiting for? So that was, to me, the epitome of the slow work and the soft work, as Eddie puts it, that we're chasing in this yoga that he's uh, developing and creating and practicing. For me, what I was missing for so long in Ujjayi breath that I've begun to um, gather and find in myself is my heartbeat. As it emanates through the slightest hair on my eyelids to the tips of my fingers where I can feel the heartbeat through the chair that I'm sitting on to become one with it. And that's something that I'm still investigating. So after Maui, 3.5 weeks, I uh, hopped on a plane and flew halfway across the world to southern India in Bangalore to meet Eddie and Eddie's girlfriend, Kristen, and live in an apartment with them for 6.5 weeks, studying with Sri H.S. Arun and... Mr. Iyengar gave out two certifications of senior advanced teaching, teaching certifications. And one of those was to Arun in the world. And Arun is so sweet. <laughs> he is hilarious and he is strong and firm, yet so, so kind. Um, and that was wild being in Bangalore because Bangalore is insane. If you've been to India, you've been to Mysore, it's beautiful and pretty pretty chill in Mysore. Uh, maybe you've been to Pune here, you know, kind of like flying into Mumbai. It's pretty wild there too. And even Delhi's crazy. But Bangalore is sheer insanity. Oh my God. <laughs> um, I'll definitely go back only to study with Arun. But uh, so I was going to share the schedule of what that time was like being there. So we woke up at 4 a.m. every day and we left by 5.30 and went to practice 6.15 to 8.30-ish every day. And then we would walk down the street, crack open a coconut, drink some coconut water. It was so nice. And then we'd walk up two more blocks to good old cafe coffee day. And we would have a macchiato and write the sequence down. And that for me was uh, different. You know, it was integrating something that I was resistant towards, like studying a little more or paying attention paying attention more attentively than I was used to because I had to face myself in how I have spaced out 
for years in the asana where you know i go into the asana i embody it and whatever it's looking like and it might be just for a moment's notice or even more recently in the last three months you know i'm settling i'm stilling i'm staying in the poses mr angar says i used to play and now i stay and i would stay for these postures of two hours and after class i'd forget what i've done so there's a yoga sutra. It goes Anubhuta Vishaya Sampramosha Smritihi, which translates to memory is a direct reflection of the retainment of a conscious experience. And to me, it just told me that I'm not conscious in the postures. So that's something that I want to seek. I want to be present in the pose for an elongated period of time to write down the entire sequence. And so over 6.5 weeks, every day, every morning and every night, we'd go and write the sequence down and we work together to remember the sequence. And slowly I've gotten better at remembering the sequences. And after that, we would tend to go to the fruit market, vegetable market and get food and then go back home and nap because we woke up at 4 a.m. And then four nights a week, we would head back out at 5.30 p.m. and take a two-hour class. Um, it, it was radical. It was totally radical. When we would be going to take these classes, you know, we'd be using blankets, blocks, uh, straps, and the uh, uh, ropes on the wall and the rungs, and it would be very intense. Over the course of 6.5 weeks, we maybe repeated one pose. Like one exact same variation of the posture. Arun has so many variations in his, in his bag of tricks. It is profound. It keeps you thoroughly interested and thoroughly thirsty for more. Because you're like, keep it coming, dude. Keep it coming, man. He blew my mind and Eddie's mind. And, you know, Eddie was a student of BKS Iyengar for eight years and Mr. Patabi Joyce for 15 years, which is unbelievable. And about halfway through the time in Bangalore, Kristen, myself, and Eddie, we got on a, bu- on a bus and we went to a car and we went to Balur. Balur is where Mr. Iyengar was born in a small town village in the southern uh, state of Karnataka in India. And it's a small village. It was pretty, pretty real. And... Mr. Iyengar's dream was to have a hall, a yoga hall, dedicated to the study of the subject of yoga. And that has been realized with this unbelievable, so beautiful, beautifully erected yoga hall. There's a hospital, there's school for young kids and college for the older kids in this small town village where the kids who go to the school get one meal a day. And that's a big deal. It's huge. To see who you see on the streets here and be able to go to this small town village and recognize that the kids are blessed to study yoga, study education, get educated, and have a meal, and then go home to their parents. Wow. It's huge. And in Balur, we went there for the reason to study with Manuso Manos, who received the other certification for BKS Iyengar as a senior advanced teacher. So in a period of, of uh, eight weeks, I was so blessed to study with, study with 
two of two senior advanced teachers in the world as uh, uh, certified by Mr. Angar. And Manuso is really intense. After this interview, after this uh, recording, I suggest you go to Google and type in BKSI Anger Manuso Manos Masterclass. Watch it, five minutes of the two-hour class, and you'll be like, wow, that's insane. <laughs> he he is as he looks in that video and talks as you see in this video, and it's pretty wild. And uh, Manuso reflects back to you. So these three teachers, Arun, Manuso, and, and mainly for me, Eddie, they held a full body-sized mirror in front of me for total self-reflection that pierced me to the depths of my soul. (laughs) There were many times throughout the last eight weeks where I have wanted to run, hide, cry, die, and leave existence as I know it, but with a lingering amount of faith and holding on to the wire of willpower that I can muster up and maintain a positive attitude, I was able to make it through and see myself realization, realizing paradigm shifting, borderline WTF realizations and, and, and work with them and try to acknowledge them. And so the first one I share with you is that I spaced out for years. And like what I'm doing about that is after I take a yoga class in 2017, I will record the sequence no matter what. I will write the entire sequence down. And uh, so far, I have done that. And another, I'll share three realizations. I had 10 big ones. Uh, I'll share three. And the second one was that I need to get shoulder surgery. Um it's a big blessing. That'll be the greatest birthday present for me. My birthday is April 7th, and I'll be getting surgery in about April, uh, end of April. Uh, last year, November 2015, I got in a big old fight with a tree on my snowboard, and of course the tree won, and um, I tore my labrum, the left shoulder, uh, and that's a ligament. It does not heal, and I had PRP injected into my shoulder with prayers and hopes that it would work. It did not, and... Um, had another MRI while here in India for only $100 without an appointment, in and out, in a single day. <laughs> it was awesome. If you've ever had an MRI, you know that that is like, what? Are you kidding me? And I uh, still have a chronic tear in my labrum. So I need to get surgery for the greater longevity of my personal practice, of my career, and for the gift to teach and, and be in the pose with you. I feel that that's very important, very important to uh, practice as I teach and, and teach what I practice. So that was the second big realization. And the third one is, you know, throughout class, Arun would, uh, you know, we'd be quiet. It, it's a lot of quiet in the room for the most part, unless Arun's talking, you know, and kind of gossiping at times. It's pretty funny. Uh, and he'd look over to me sometimes and be like, Alec Niranjan. You must learn to control your flexibility. <laughs> and Niranjan is another word for uh, name for Lord Shiva. So I really come, came to love this, this nickname that he gave me because in uh, the Mahabharata they say, Alak Niranjan. 
as a gain, as a as a, a a sense of victory and, and Shiva and success and yes, and so you know he would say. You need to learn to control your flexibility, and I have a flexible body. I yoga I just came into it, and I have relied on my flexibility. I have relied on capability to take me far in my body which has allowed me to peel back layers of my mind. And at this point, this practice is now taking me all the way back to step one and in redefining, a reapproaching, and repolishing a practice from what I thought I knew and checking back in with myself. And that was huge for me to... to Accept that, not resist that, and go with it. You know, I uh, love arm balances. And for me, before yoga, I had no self-confidence. I was very insecure with my body. I rejected all things, God, spirituality, yoga, anything. And uh, I found yoga at some point. My best friend, Kiefer Joseph, peace brother, took me to... A yoga class and it changed my life and it set me on this path it was a pivotal point and months later i went to india six years ago actually during the exact same time that i'm sitting in india in this room in my uncle's house which i call my mamaji in india in new delhi i was here six years ago just beginning my my path on uh, in, into myself and uh, yeah, so it's uh, really sweet to slow down, to start over, and to listen to my teacher, and to not resist. You know, that's one thing that I, I really believe in. The more time we spend with those who have more experience in the field of interest that we are uh, investigating ourselves in, for me it's yoga. Eddie's been practicing for decades and you know, I've been practicing for six years. I look up to him and receive his guidance with uh, discernment and with what will work best for me, uh, knowing that he's got a great eye, more better, more, more focused of an eye on the human body than anyone I've ever seen in my life. Um, so I'm grateful to to see him as teacher. And so that was essentially uh, uh, my time in Bangalore. Bangalore changed my life. Meeting Eddie changed my life. Arun changed the course of my yoga practice and re-inspired me to investigate uh, how to practice and not to be so rigid with what practice has to look like in the day. I had asked him, I was like, Arun, do you think I, when I go home and I, I don't see you for another full year, how should I practice? Should I just go through the sequence that I've spent time recording every day? And he was like, no, you listen to your body. You do what your body wants. You might practice 30 minutes. You might be sick. Maybe you practice two hours and you move through every field of the body. You listen to your body and you... Tune in. And so that was, for me, really impactful just to, to listen in a different way and not to move through these poses quickly like, you know, we do in vinyasa yoga. Like, you know, we, I, we'd be holding uh, trikonasana 
if you can imagine, so trikonasana in this, how we're practicing here, there's a chair, like you see yoga chairs, and you put the, the, the top part of the chair into the armpit of the front leg, and the hand is down on the seat with the right leg straight, kneecaps lifting, back leg straight, lifting up through the side body, expanding the diaphragm, expanding the ribs, but keeping the ujjayi breath still and soft and calm, just not ujjayi breathing, breathing so softly, watching the breath. It's different, man. It's really radical. But uh, And I'm still investigating it. I'm still looking into it for myself and how I can share it. Uh, Eddie had told me, he was like, you know, you want to teach this one day, Alec? You practice this for a year. And then you go teach. I was like, okay. I feel committed to that. Because this work is so profound. This work is about looking into yourself and going slower. And, I, you know, if you know me, I go pretty fast. And it's been really nice to slow down. And I'm still trying to slow down, always. So six weeks, 6.5 weeks into being in Bangalore, I got on a plane on December 31st and went to New Delhi to be with my family, which, as many of you know, being with family is the ultimate test of yoga. (laughs) And I definitely failed and succeeded many a times with my mom and my, my other family here, and I love them all so much. From Delhi... We went to Chandigarh, which is the cleanest city in India. And I promise you, if you've been to India, it is the cleanest city in India. It's crazy. I went to this small town called Dehradun and visited the house that my mom's mom, who I call my Nani Ji, spent the first 16 years of her life in. That was pretty powerful. And then we went to Rishikesh in Haridwar. And I stayed in Parmath Niketan Ashram in Rishikesh and... I bathed in the Ganges water in Rishikesh and Haridwar, and that was indeed a powerful experience. And I was going to read to you, I'm almost done with this uh, uh, recording, I'm going to read to you my experience of bathing in the Ganges. The next day we drove to Haridwar, which literally means the gateway to God. We stepped into the crowds of hundreds so I can bathe into the Ganges again. When we did this in Rishikesh, there was nobody else around. In Haridwar, there are hundreds of people going into the deep turquoise water of the rushing Ganges. It is quite a scene. The water is absolutely freezing, yet something happens when you step in. To me, it's as if I see all my pain and internal affliction come up in front of me, ready to take its next leg in the journey of release and surrender, praying for the well-being of myself, my beloveds, the earth, Such powerful feelings and prayers dispel any bodily feelings of fear, anger, being cold, being hot, or anything. A total sense of oneness is experienced. Then the dunking of your head and body in simultaneous motion produces a visceral envelope of insight that I have never felt before, engulfed in the moment. I have been told many times, as I am sure many of us had, have god is within us it is never separate we are spirit i had raised my hands in the water as if i am seeking to be closer to spirit in the deepest threads of my life i felt a strong connection to a city within minutes of being in its waters as i exited the waters and dried myself off i looked around observing my surroundings a very holy sight this is 
I look forward to returning there one day with my cousins, my lovers, those who I continue to travel the world with, and visit my family in India. As we walked away from the site of where people bathe, the scene changed dramatically. I have never seen as many people with leprosy, disfigurement, diseased, amputated, or hard to look at people in my life. Yet, I am someone who looks. I acknowledge and recognize walking forward without stopping to give in to the dozens and dozens of hands and arms begging for money, food, a hand to hold, just something. It is quite sad. It is heavy. It is radical. It is real life. It is not for the weak to travel to specific parts of India, where disease and death can run in the corners of the streets and public. But perhaps, but perhaps it is for those who wish to see what life produces on other further corners of the earth. Haridwar is not as intense as Varnasi, as I hear. But one day I will visit Varnasi and bathe in the Ganges there. So bathing in the Ganges for me was uh, really beautiful. I, I felt connected to water more than I've ever been connected before. And after bathing there, we came back to Delhi and last night, as I'm recording this, my last night, I said bye to my mom and my mom's mom. And this morning, I practiced two hours by myself guiding my own body through what felt best for me this morning. And it was profound to practice what I've learned over the last three months by myself for the first time, where I felt confident to do that as, you know, Three years before, I've been going through my sort practice, which is self-guided. However, you know, that's in a room with other people. And there's many modes of distraction with other people being around. Here, I was with myself and in a room by myself. So, you know, I, I, I encourage that for you. You know, uh, there's a difference of going to class. Eddie had told me, we had talked about this. There's a difference of going to class. That is not going to practice. That's going to study. That's going to study a class from a teacher in his experience or her experience of what it is to be in yoga. And then the opportunity is for us to take that where we're going to public classes, going to these workshops, going to these immersions with these amazing leaders of community in yoga. And taking what we study and bringing it back into our personal practice at home, in your room, on your mat. And that's my intention for 2017. Every day. So, in three days from now, on the 13th of January, I fly to Bali for 10 days. And then I will fly to Vietnam for three and a half weeks. Cambodia for a month. And then Myanmar for one month. And I'll be back home in April. So by the time you're hearing this, um, it will be probably mid-June, mid-January. And uh, I might be in Bali. And it's... Uh, Quite nice to be free of the relentless barking of dogs, the agitating and grinding sounds of car horns 24-7, the mixed air of gasoline and kerosene that India produces. It is a cacophony of sounds, sights, and smells and tastes. But I will greatly look forward to returning here next year to study with Arun. Um, Education depends on dedication, Mr. Iyengar said. So, 
uh, that is my experience of being in India, in Maui, I suppose, over the last uh, three months. And, you know, I uh, hope that it inspires you to always be seeking new teachers and new ways to practice yoga and challenging what we think we know. That's, there's a yoga sutra um, all about that as well. It is, um, you know, if we think we got it, check again. And coming out in the next few weeks, Andrew and I have more episodes to release with you. Again, we apologize that we haven't had episodes out. And, uh, you know, we hope that you take us up on this. Email us and message us. I'm Alec Vishal Rubin on Facebook, and he's Andrew Seven Seely on Facebook. Message us with who you want us to interview and what do you want to know about. And if you kind of liked this, what I just did, let me know. Let him know, and maybe we'll do this more. Um, once or twice, you know, every so often. Pretty soon I'll be releasing my interview with Arun, which will be awesome. And I'll be releasing another episode with Eddie. And as I travel, I will be interviewing those who I feel are, you know, making big ripple effects with the psychology and the mind and the well-being of yoga and heart. Um, other than that, I hope that you guys will also consider going to Hanuman in Boulder, Colorado in June. I love Hanuman Festival. There's so many amazing teachers there, and it's in my hometown of Boulder. So please join us. On the link here, uh, you can receive a 10% discount off your Hanuman Festival ticket. And if you need any help with accommodations, feel free to hit me up and I'll do my best to reach out to the homies in the tribe to see what's happening for you to get down to Boulder to save you a buck or two. All right, my friends. With all the love that I have in my heart for you and the loyalty that you guys have continued to to stick with, uh, stick behind in Yoga Revealed Podcast. Oh, man, we're so grateful for you if you have any questions comments feel free to hit us up and until next time my friends love your life and shine so bright because you deserve it namaste sounds of Adrian Portia. Take care, my friends. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.